This episode will cover what it's like to walk with those who don't walk with you anymore. Part of Friends Journal's Friends Ministry has always been one of accompaniment, companionship. So this episode will cover the friends, the loved ones, the beloveds who've passed on from this life or who are no longer walking with me and yet are still on the path with me. Like an ultimate way to understand God's company in my life, these friends carry me through times in ways that are profound that I can't even begin to say to the universe. Thank you for blessing me with these people. And yet, there are also people, of course, who are on the path with me now, who are living. My children, my partner, my wife Hannah, my beloved community, my friends, people who I labor and love with, people who have lessons to teach me, and I have lessons to teach, be they my children who are in my classes, I say my children because I find a beloved connection with them, with their divine light, with their one unique thing they bring to the world. And there are many friends that I have who I walk with as well, or people who I encounter, who I find that I am journeying with or are journeying with me. So this is an episode to say thank you to a few of those people who I'm um, losing or have lost and to uncover what that means to me so that you can understand my personal experience of that walking in friendship. Full moon rise, circle around, shine your light till the sun comes down. Give a little happiness, give a little shout, give a little love till the sun comes up all night long. Sing your song, all night long, sing your song. That song was gifted to the children in my school and to me and my own children by my friend and mentor and beloved spiritual companion, Sarah. Sarah is an amazing singer, amazing person on the spiritual journey. She and I began our friendship together about 11 years ago, she was my mentor, and we took walks together, spiritual walks. The only other adult I've done that with in my life is my friend Judy. Judy Bookman, who I will tell you about in this letter, this prayer poem. Judy is now walking her walk with dementia, and so that means that I don't get to walk with her in the way I used to, and yet I still do. I will never lose Judy as my first spiritual friend and teacher, who knew me before I was born, but I will always carry her with me, and yet I can never really let her go. I can never really finish the process of grieving the loss of her in my life, and luckily I don't need to do that yet because she's still living beautifully as she can with her partner, Richa, her life partner who carries her through this walk and who is her biggest spiritual friend and one who accompanies her. So thanks to Sarah for being my person right now who I can walk with like I've walked with Judy. And thanks to Judy for being the person who walked with me and begins her journey into the infinite. And I walk her with, I walk her through that in my imagination in this poem. I walk through that place with her in my imagination in this poem. 
for Judy, for my beloved community, for me and my partnership with God, for my beloved friends, for those who I'm beginning friendship with, for those I haven't met yet. Crossroads, song by Don McLean. <clears throat> Here is a message to you. Here's the message that comes to me today. Playing my playlist that I created for the summer, I accidentally put this song on repeat. And yet, I heard it once and I thought, I want to hear that again. Before I could start playing it again, my phone had already had it on repeat. So I don't know how that happened, but here it is, the song that's in my heart on repeat that I began this podcast episode with. I've got nothing on my mind, nothing to remember, nothing to forget, and I've got nothing to regret. But I'm all tied up on the inside. No one knows quite what I've got. And I know that I am the outside. What I used to be, I'm not anymore. You know, I've heard about people like me, but I never made the connection. They walk one road to set them free and find they've gone the wrong direction. But there's no need for turning back because all roads lead to where I stand. And I believe I'll walk them all, no matter what I may have planned. Can you remember who I was? Can you still feel it? Can you find my pain? Can you heal it? Then lay your hands upon me now and cast this darkness from my soul. You alone can light my way. You alone. You alone can light my way. You alone can make me whole once again. We've walked both sides of every street through all kinds of windy weather, but that was never our defeat as long as we could walk together. So there's no need for turning back because all roads lead to where we stand and I believe we'll walk them all no matter what we may have planned. Songwriter Robert Johnson, Bicycle Music Company. (laughs) Crossroads, recorded by... Don McLean. The power of that song for me lies within the message that I heard for myself. The power of the song for me lies in the fact that my friend, longtime spiritual companion and godfather to my children, Lewis, gifted me that song lately, offering to me that it could be the lyric, the part about walking both sides of the road together, and it not mattering where we land, where we find each other. When Lewis gave me that message, I imagined being in the universe, being on the planet, being in this time and place with my beloved community. And that means it doesn't matter when we find time together. Doesn't matter if I get to see you again. Doesn't matter necessarily how we find ourselves on our individual paths and where we might orbit past each other. What matters is being contained, feeling held, and the beauty of being in this lifetime at the same time. 
It's a powerful, powerful message that's been coming to me lately. <clears throat> the people whose lives have crossed my path and I've crossed theirs. We can't really understand or totally lift up the power in it of meeting the light within each other, meeting God in each other, meeting the Buddha to be, the Buddha that is, the flower opening when we find out, hey, you're on the planet with me? <laughs> I get to have some time with you. It's the ultimate experience of parenting, the wonder and the joy and the incredible, incomprehensible, complicatedness of, oh, these are the ones I'm chosen to walk the path with for the time that I'm given. It's like a definition of partnership or marriage, of choosing a beloved companion to walk with. And yet we have so many layers, so many puzzle pieces of our life that we need a lot of people to join us on that walk if we're lucky. I'm an introvert and I crave and look for time by myself. In a lot of ways, I felt like the journey of my life the last six years of trying to become pregnant and bearing triplets and being their parent has been an isolated one. <clears throat> and yet, I have so much humanity I connect with now. There are so many people who I've walked with who've passed, who yet I find come to me and journey with me. So this is the letter I wrote for Judy Bookman. I offer it with love, and Judy, if you get to hear this, even though you have dementia now, I hope that you can hear my voice and something comes through that is just what you need it to be in that moment, and that it care for you and not be too painful, but be lifting you up in the place you are. We can only ever, friends, meet each other where we are. So let us join with one another, meeting each other where we are, and thank you for your light, grace, presence listening to this podcast and journeying with me being in my imperfection in this unedited letter to friends and poetry that I offer here I record this poem for Judy from our guest house we are lucky to have a guest house with the help of Hannah's my wife's dad Jomo thanks Jomo for the space it's a guest house for family and friends for occasional vacation renters coming through Atlanta and more and more it's becoming a center for friends to join in meeting for worship perhaps a sojourner's place to land for people who need a time to be present to whatever life is offering them and in that transition, need a place to be in a liminal space. We'll find out who comes to visit and who needs a space like that. But it's interesting to me to be recording this poem about my friend Judy, who is in that liminal transitional space. I'm sitting on the little stool, little painter's stool, stepladder, that is from my grandmother, Connie, Constance Norlin, who is in her 90s. She's in that phase of life where she's very tiny and frail, and yet her powerful, strong spirit still witnesses the world through the same eyes. She can identify in my children just who they are by being with them for a few minutes, making little comments about their uniqueness, their light, the joy they bring to her. So bless you, Connie, as she would say, 
Bless you. Blessings. Here's my poem for Judy. I hold myself in the light as I offer it. And I find Judy's hands with me, holding her rough, beautiful hands, the way she always always has smelled a bit of um, someone who lives in an earthy way, like a hippie smell. <laughs> or someone who walks the walk in the world and the odors of life, the ups and downs, the truth of what life is, beautiful, decaying, compost, hummus, humus, the things we create, the garlicky, the bitter herbs have always been the lessons that Judy's offered me. So thank you, Judy. And if you can hear this from your place of memory loss, walking the path of dementia, I pray, I hope, I hold you in the light that it be an uplifting thing that I offer this letter to you and to the people, the ocean of people coming into being, the ocean of people in the present and in loving honor of our people who've come from the past who lift us up to this day. Judy, here's a song for you. It's from the artist Farron. Her words in her song Cactus say to me the message of our lives and our friendship together. It's been a year since you left home for higher ground. In the distance, I hear a hoot owl ask the only question I have found to be worthy of the sound it makes. It breaks the silence. Another part of that song, Cactus by Farron says, I learned to see fire, water, earth, and air, just trying to reach the other side. You could be hard pressed in the muck of time. You learn to find the only way or you learn to say you tried. Now while I'm at it, let me tell you about the moon. It continues to say a lot about what it's like to be a mentor and to have a child or a person who you are beholden to, who's beholden to you. That word has been really powerful and meaningful to me lately. So at the end of this podcast, I'll read you a definition of beholden. Here's the letter poem for Judy. I have people, my people, that I think you have to meet. My friends, my beloved community. I don't think this is the correct term. Think you have to meet for a knowing that is that deep. There are people who you complete you, who will light the way until you're free, who offer lesson upon lesson. Those are the people who will join your path or who will come to you in one body or another. If you consider what it's like to have a friend who just by looking at you knows your life from the beginning, from the bottom to the highest places and back again, well, that's us, my beloved community, my Judy. I'm pretty peacefully clear. But there are others with us there They are the ones who will buoy you up even when you think that can't be possible. That can't possibly be. The once in a while part of you that when listened to gets out of breath. (sighs) With wondering. I know you're going to know what I mean when you meet them. My beloved community, my people.
I know you're going to know what I mean when you meet them. Now this is the part of the poem when you'll meet Judy. When you meet them there, like the beginning of the book, the wild opening, the middle, and the incomprehensible ending when you close the book, come close, 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 close to the perfection of the universe that it's all binding, it's all blinding. And that part of the book, that part of that person lets you know it's all okay. It's all okay. It's the birthing process. It's the process that has you cry out guttural at the moon and feel the ocean, the depths of the tallest tree and the littlest creatures to feel that oneness that comes freely. It comes in a way that brings peace in the chaos. It brings peace and comfort, the losing and the utterly lost It brings peace, it brings comfort and ultimate belonging and leaves you there (sighs) panting. (sighs) When a child is born out of love in utero, like I was, and it's the community beyond just the parents who do that offering, that's the crack, the place the light comes in that will last for infinity. Thank you, Judy, for being that for me. I used to be terrified of two dreams, It was the one of the completely incomprehensible of it all, the limitless, that left me without a place to understand where I'd be. The universe. Infinity. Ah, infinity! The other was of the bombs, the people who wouldn't let that fly without a chance, the people who may let that fly, who would let that fly without a chance to know what they are doing. That was terrifying to me in my dreams as a child. Before I came out to my parents in my early 20s, but after I came out to Judy as bi, I had a third nightmare that kept coming back over and over in unexpected dreams. An unknown mother-in-law was preparing me for a mass mega church wedding to an older, overweight man I didn't know but who expected me to care for his born and unborn children. I felt lost, like I wasn't, it couldn't be me, until one night in a dream, my love burst, opened that bridal sweet door. Hannah, she came into the room, and poof, the not my mother-in-law was no longer there, but instead, Hannah there, but a cocoon of love and compassion, of care, and no longer any wedding, but a union already there. Then Judy came, incredibly, to my true wedding. When she came to my wedding, it was ultimately the farthest she or her partner had traveled in decades because of their oath of chosen poverty. To not pay tax to anything that could go to war, but to pay only directly to the cost of the care of community by being free under the poverty line, living free under the poverty line, so far below I can't imagine her buying anything or if she had a dime. There have been times when she has had little and given it away. Judy lived in a shelter, and her partner Richa came at times to live there with her created 
This shelter was created by our friend, B. I'll call her B. I was too little to remember today what her name is, was. B died when I was little, but not before offering everything, an open unlocked door to her home, whomever could have the need. That is the place that became the shelter called Well House that Judy created and now is three homes run as a nonprofit that has been successful for decades and continues to be lifted up and held by a large community of people Judy is no longer part of. When Judy lived at the shelter Well House, there were lonely nights, those lonely nights, lonely nights when even the level of comfort of their little apartment was too much for Richa, her partner. And he'd go to get arrested by laying at the city hall with people who had no choice to live without a roof until he'd be once more put in prison for his conviction of what is right. I know that Judy was by herself those nights when he went to prison or to lay by the Calder sculpture of Grand Rapids, Michigan. But not truly, because her lifelong love was there beside her with a deeper kind of commitment than can be bought or seen. And that a little part of her in letting him go could let her love be clearer, deeper, and yet unconditional beyond the time and place that they live in, that they lived in. That's how I learned of partnership, of a caring that lets your lover be free that taught me by example in the living a life that lets one life what that lets one's life speak love is a circle unbroken a power beyond measure a cup overflowing that life in love is when you can let your love be your truest love be the most complete and increasingly better love or elsewise let it be when in my pain i cry out to think that judy the one who cared for my beginning is partly in it all and partly her past being and partly her body cared for now by her lifelong partner. Richa, he who years past left his calling to come home to Judy and care for her limited body. I imagine that place that's liminal. If I don't get caught up in the pain, the panic and the loss, I imagine Judy being with me in utero in my first breaths held and passed around the quiet of our circle, the circle of our quiet friends meeting in the Grand Rapids YWCA entry hall, that room held there by her calmly yet consistently until I could cry, crawl, walk, dance, pray, listen, love, live, become my own part of the universal everything. I imagine this when a child, when as a child, Judy invited me, invited us, the circle of the children in our Sunday class, first day friends school, how to listen for the deep, for the quiet, how to listen for the quiet to be in the deep, how she knew when she looked at me that she understood that I understood and we believed we could, and thus she invited us openly to close our eyes and look deep inside to that inward light. Quote, Judy said, 
Imagine you are in your best, most perfect place and that there could be, could it be in nature? What kind of place are you in? What kind? Is it home, a place you play? Imagine your truest friend, capital F, comes to be by you, to just listen in the quiet and love. You and loves you. Could that person be Christ or the infinite light or Jesus, the person who trust, trusted God, who in trust was God? Completely, he modeled truth. Could be anyone, Buddha, Prophet Muhammad, an Indian guru who chants for peace. It could be one like Desmond Tutu, Thich Nhat Hanh, a person who still lives, is created and breathes, whose principles that come out of us those principles come out of us when in our lives the holy is, or you or your light. Who is there with you? How does it feel to be there? End quote. When I imagine that meditation that Judy offered us one day, when I was perhaps seven or nine or ten or four, I can imagine I'll be in, the mo- in that moment, in that, once more. It has come back to me over and over, that meditation in that moment, without trying. It pops into my mind what I visioned there, offered by Judy the chance to understand what my quiet place, my best place is. Me and my quiet place on a hill next to my new friend, Jesus Christ, He didn't talk, but looked at me, and then our time felt eternal. What he did? Just be. But I knew in that instant the love I imagined Judy wanted to convey. That is the place she loved me in, before my being, me, that is still here and ever and forever, in everything, eternity. In the last few times I could be close to Judy, whether in my imagination lately or in person the last few years I find Judy is condensed the dementia pressed into her concentrate Judy she is concentrated completely 100% the person she has consistently been for me up to this point at least and it is comforting and helps me helps it make it okay a little more okay to witness that Judy cares for my children in the way she always did before. Yes, she cares for my children in the way I've known. Now my children know. Judy looks into their being and can understand them completely, offer her loving presence in a way they understand, though no words can come out, and over and over the items in her life distract, yet they distract to the things that distracted her before, (laughs) to the things she'd pay attention to when those little moments of her hermit peace could pause and when in leaving the crisis chaos of her constantly changing shelter family she'd go into her little apartment her one room and one little loft close the door and breathe judy would practice pick up the book or poem or line or tune or crochet or weeding project or compost bucket and begin to do her own her being her own judy That was her way of praying. 
She'd let me in times there, invite me to the comfort of her little cell, to find a place next to her on the couch with tea and a moment of quiet, collected, centering. And then listen, invite, but also invite me to ask her what questions were blooming. We are, we were together blooming and finding root. What questions were finding root in me? What questions were finding root in her? She'd let me ask her of that in her life, like a young person's 101 training and listening for that of God in everyone. Like 101 of children's faith meets life coach, faith accompaniment, spiritual friendship. Judy just completely offers. She would just completely offer that. And she still does offer it for the 20 minutes that lately when I visit, I can bear to be present there and with my children before they are ready to go like I did off to her gardens. Out the door they go to pick berries, greens, weeds, climb trees and stumps, pretend to be wild because they're utterly free and yet cared for, contained in that infinite that she provides with her partner, Richa, to this day. I'm not completely clear in the part of me where Judy lives, if I can have the courage to be there longer for hours upon hours of living in the liminal space place where I begin missing, but I know she coaches me with her hug and her babbling, oh, 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 these children. Oh, oh, these I didn't know. I laugh. I want to book this. Oh, this makes for this is them. Oh, little nature altar she makes toys for her niece. The books about how to come through spiritual journey, spiritual practices for everyday despair through peace, through to peaceful ways. That is what covers her apartment. Cards and letters from friends, photographs, and a mural painted on her wall by her dining room, by her beloved, loving niece, who is also an artist, and now, through her lens, offers to the same community that Judy served. Judy walks with light. She touches the place in me. Just has been her gift before and all my whole life to loom there in wonder and look infinitely, look infinity in the eye. But better to witness it there in me, to look at me with pride. She still does. She looks at me with pride, the way she looks at my children, at the people in the photos and books that cover her home, like the jacket of a tall tale called How to Be in the Oneness Once You Lose Your Brain and Are Ultimately Alone. It's because Judy, it's because of Judy that I can't be 100% terrified of what it's like to be beyond the world, what it's like to pass on, to lose, quote unquote, this life. Because Judy is here with me every time. Courage, conviction, compassion cry out in me, and I am part of her once I'm no longer part of living with what it's like to have her here. She will be with me every time courage, conviction, compassion cry out in me. In that place beyond the light where Judy came before her too, before me, before challenging, changing the world. Judy changed the world in countless little places and larger ones too. 
when she goes back out into that light, it will be unchanged, as if nothing has changed from when she came into this world to be. And yet she has changed the whole of everything, infinitely. So let's go out to do the weeding. Let's go down to the compost pile and listen a little to eternity, to the questions in one another that can last a lifetime. Let's go to the places where Judy left the world, like Jesus did in the desert, the garden, the mount, the tomb, the path, just past eternity, the Pentecost, where he lay his life down and up again. Let's go out there like Judah, Judy did with Richa. <laughs> I just combine their names, Judy and Richa, Judah and Richie. <laughs> Let's go out there like Judy did with Richa. At times when it became too big and let it all blaze, Judy and Richa had the practice of taking their bicycle out to Lake Michigan. Like they do today, they ride their tandem reclining bike together to the friends meeting around the town so she can still live her dream of bicycling everywhere and not getting in a motorized vehicle. Let's go out there then, like Judy did with Richa, and breathe out the pain and let it blaze big. Take a bike ride to Lake Michigan, to Michigan's lake, to the cornfields, to the farmlands of Indiana where her first life landed where her life first landed on this planet. Let's lay down there beside her to look at infinity, to get to feel what, what that's like with her in it. And up the next day, let's rise up singing, bike all day to the places where the world needs us in it, to be with the Judy, Christ, Jesus, Buddha, Light, God, Prophets, Abbas and Amas, the best of friends. Let's go there together. Create the best possible kingdom of peace that's ever been on this planet. Thank you, Judy. Let's hold Judy in a moment of silence. Let's hold her in the light and the compassionate infinite. And hold us, each other, all of us, into that light that we may carry forward our lives in the way that Judy has and does, the way she did, and the way her life will inspire us to long after she's gone. May she inspire many people long, long after we're all gone.